0: Hello, my friend. Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. This is your host, Jim Cockrum from SilentJim.com. And I've got a resource today that I almost didn't share with you, but I decided after giving it some thought that it's something that at least most, if not the majority of the listeners of this show would benefit from and enjoy. And it's some content that I recorded recently. I was asked by my son, Trey, who has consulting clients. And He's working with them, and he came to me and he said, hey, Dad, would you record some content with some specific action items and steps that people can take in regard to being strategic and building the right kind of relationships in their business? Now, two thoughts. Man, that's a cool question to have your 19-year-old come to you and ask, isn't it? That was pretty cool, and it was an honor for him to ask me that, and of course, I obliged and, and recorded. And After giving it some thought and taking some notes before I began recording, I realized I've kind of compiled into one session some of the best advice I've ever received in regards to building genuine, strategic relationships. And the reason genuine is important is because you don't ever wanna use people. Every relationship you have should be genuine and come from a place of genuine care and, if you will, love for that other person. But at the same time, being very strategic about that and making sure you're pursuing relationships the right way. One of the truths I point out, for example, is something that Kyle Newton on our team pointed out to me at one point when he said, every challenge you'll face, the solution is a person. I love that. So specifically, what does that mean? You can be very strategic in the type of people you're surrounding yourself with, and without even realizing it, you're solving problems you don't even have yet. It just smooths your path. It makes your path wider and smoother in the future if you build the right kind of relationships and you do it intentionally every day. So I had a lot of fun with this content. I hopefully, I'm hoping you'll enjoy it as much as I enjoyed putting it together. Uh, so far, the feedback has been good on these concepts. Now you've heard some of these concepts kind of mixed in and mingled in with some of the content in the past, possibly, but there's plenty of new stuff too. There's also plenty of things that are specific action items. Go do this. If you're not doing this, you must start doing it now. And none of it's complicated. It's all fairly simple, straightforward stuff. But the bottom line is, it's going to improve the quality of your life. It's going to put more money in your pocket. It's going to give you additional confidence about the future and about the challenges your business is facing. It's going to make you breathe easier about what really is on your shoulders and what just isn't. Because when you go with a team, when you have these kind of relationships, man, life just goes so much easier and I give specific examples of all of this, hopefully you really enjoy it. Let me know what you think. Again, I didn't record this as a podcast episode initially, but after it was done, I thought, hey, why not throw it out there, see what you guys think. I think it's pretty solid content, and especially if if someone's on the younger end of the listening audience, this should be some very powerful advice for them to help them in what really matters in building a business. And if you find yourself feeling kind of isolated, man, this content is for you regardless of what your age is. If you're isolated or lonely or finding yourself running into problems that you're not sure how to solve in your business, this episode is one that should really be helpful to you. So sit back, plan on taking some notes, maybe really listening to this episode later when you can take notes if you're in your car or on a run or whatever. There's some good stuff in here that you're going to want to jot down and begin to apply to your business and to your life. It certainly has served our team and it's served me very, very well. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and we'll do another episode again real soon. This is me signing off and turning on the microphone for the content that I recorded not too long ago. Enjoy. Hi, my name's Jim Cochram. I am the father of Trey Cochram, whose course you've just purchased or invested in or are considering. I'm not sure how he'll use this content exactly, But I run an eight-figure online business. That's been my full-time source of income for coming up on 17 years now. My partner and I, we have customers around the world, a community of a few hundred thousand people, a team of over a hundred people. And Trey has kind of soaked up and learned a lot of the lessons from the past 17 years and incorporated it almost instinctually into the way he runs his business and operates his organization that he's building very independently. He's doing a phenomenal job, and I'm sure you've benefited in many ways from his content and creativity already. But he asked me to do a talk with you about relationships and the importance of relationships. And that may seem like a theoretical topic. It may seem like one of those you know, relational kind of soft-edged topics, like you'd never hear this in a business school. Who needs this kind of discussion? Just be nice to people and make friends, you might be thinking, and that will take care of your relationship issues. Well, I want to challenge you for just a moment to set aside what you've always thought you've known about the importance of relationships, specifically in regards to business success. Set that aside for a moment and open yourself up to what I think I could prove, if this was a two or three hour video, which it won't be, I could prove to you that relationships are one of the most vital areas of your business success. And there's thousands of years of evidence that supports that exact statement, but it's drifted off into the land of theory and a marginally important topic when it comes to business success. For some reason, our culture really focuses on strategy and hustle and determination and some other really good things but it sets aside the importance of relationships. And it's very possible that in your business journey, in your business education, especially if you're younger, you've never been exposed to very practical concepts that you could put into your business right now, starting today, that will all but guarantee a successful future for you and for your business, or for whatever you do. If, even if you've got a, a career ahead of you, a job, if you're pursuing a higher education, if you're not sure what you wanna do with your life yet, the tips that I'm going to give you in the next few minutes, the very specific strategies I'm going to give you will impact your life in a dramatic way as they have mine. We've built our business very intentionally around relationships. That's how we've grown a very large and loyal community. Many call the community that we've built the most passionate, energized, engaged, helpful community of internet marketers that they've ever seen. Well, why is that? It's because relationships are the core of everything we do. It's part of our culture. It's been done very intentionally. If you go to one of our events, you're going to see more hugs and tears than you are going to see handshakes. And this isn't a small group. Again, this is a group of tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people if you look at our entire online audience. And we've created a culture based on relationships and it's been financially wildly successful. Now, everything I'm about to share with you comes with a word of caution. It's the same word of caution I give you before I would have you go read How to Win Friends and Influence People. One of the first books that I encouraged Trey to read in his business building journey, I think he was probably 12 or 13 years old at the time. So it's been several years ago, but I had him read that book. And it breaks relationships down into very strategic tips. Things like when you're having a conversation with someone, ask great open-ended questions. Make the conversation about the other person. No one cares how great you are at what you do. Be sure to find out what other people are great at and emphasize your conversational direction around that. Make it about the other person, right? So it goes into very strategic ways to make a great impression on people, to win friends and to ultimately influence them. The word of caution that I give before I give people that book is, Never allow relationships to become transactional. At the heart of all great relationships will be that you truly care for the other person. So monitor your heart, because this is almost like dynamite. If you understand relationships properly, you can easily abuse and be very cold-hearted about the way you influence others, making them think you care when you don't really. Eventually you will be exposed by yourself first, because you'll find it very unfulfilling to be that selfish. And then eventually by others, as they see that the person that they thought they were dealing with isn't really as caring when the rubber meets the road, when the relationship gets difficult, they're not the kind of person that sticks around and you'll be exposed eventually. So you've gotta go at it from a place of caring about the other person. So this is me laying down a foundation for a discussion of relationships. And I'm going to give you very practical concepts here in a moment. But I want to remind you of a couple points I've made so far. If you're jotting down notes, two things I've pointed out, they may seem like fluff, but they're vital. The first is our culture underemphasizes the importance of proper relationships. And I'll talk about more of that in a minute. The other is the stuff I'm about to give you, the topics, the, the ideas, and the bullet points I'm about to give you, you could easily abuse them and see some short-term benefits in doing so but please check your heart, truly care about others. That has to be at the heart of what you're doing. If you don't truly care about your partners, customers, the people you're interacting with, you don't truly care about making sure that you leave them better than you found them with every interaction. And on that note, there's no such thing as a neutral interaction. Have you ever considered that before? Absolutely, everybody you encounter, you either made their day or their life better or worse for that encounter every single encounter. There's no neutral encounters. So do you truly have it in your heart to spend your day making the lives of everyone you encounter better? If not, if you're not doing that very intentionally, I can tell you right now that you're having the opposite effect without even realizing it. If you're just kind of stumbling through life, you're negatively impacting a whole lot of people every day. It takes a lot of intentional effort to truly care for others, and to truly want what's best for them and to pour into their life. And while that may sound like a lot of work, I've gotta tell you, it's a much better path than being that person that everybody wants to avoid. I'll illustrate it this way. It can kind of come down to optimism versus pessimism. And a mentor of mine once said, if you're not sure if you're an optimist or a pessimist, there's an, there's an easy test. If you're not sure if you're an optimist or pessimist, I'll tell you right now, you're a pessimist, you're negative. If you're not sure, You're negative. You're actually a beaming 5 billion megawatt tower of negativity and you just don't realize it because being an optimist and being positive requires a whole lot of work. It doesn't happen by accident. No one just wakes up in a great mood every day. No one just wakes up ready to tackle the world and make the world a better place for everyone they encounter. You have to dig deep every single day and you'll know that you're doing it. So when someone says, hey, are you an optimist or a pessimist? They do not even have to ask. They'll know because you've been doing it so obvious and you'll know that you're putting in the work. So with that, let's move on to some very specific tips, some very specific strategies that you can jot down that will begin to have a huge impact on your life. And I think maybe what I'll do before I give you that list is just illustrate a few times where these things have worked dramatically in my life. So we run an organization where we both sell physical products online and we've had at times some of the top best selling items on the amazon.com platform in the United States. I'm talking top 10 toys selling thousands of units per day of some of our products. And it's gone very, very well for us. So there's that side of our business. And then there's the side of our business where we teach others how to use the Amazon platform and how to set up a business selling physical products online. And that's our educational side. Well, one of the things that we've done from the very beginning, back when it was just me, is we're constantly operating under the theme of leaving people better than we found them in all cases. It doesn't matter how angry or grumpy, how misunderstood we are, how mistreated we are by our customer. We leave them better than we found them because we don't know their story. They could have lost a parent to cancer last week. We don't know these things. So life has handed them a situation, a circumstance that they just couldn't tough it through and be a kind, caring person. That doesn't mean we're going to reciprocate that negativity. We're going to reciprocate positivity. If they want a refund, we're gonna give them the refund and we're gonna give them a free course to make their day better. Say, hey, you know, take your time, come back six months, a year from now. We'd love to have you come back in our community. Here's $300 worth of free content. And that's the beauty of digital content. You can just bless people and it costs you nothing out of pocket, but the perception, the value of the perception of the gift is very, very high. So you've established a relationship. And that's one of the first lessons I'll give you is every transaction, if it's a purchase by a customer, if it's even a refund of a purchase, that is an encounter with another human being, and you have an opportunity, and I'll reference Hebrew biblical truth quite a bit in this discussion. All of these ideas are actually from the Hebrew culture, the most successful, financially successful culture in all of world history. If you don't believe me, research it. Per capita, wildly more successful than any other culture. And once you've eliminated all of the racist possibilities for why that is, you'll discover that, man, they understand how to treat others well, how to build relationships and how to make sure that everyone's winning in every transaction. So let's talk about that transaction I was talking about earlier. That is the start of a relationship. The Hebrew culture understands this. A transaction, something as simple as going to get a haircut or going to get your oil changed. That's two humans interacting, both of which leave that transactional relationship better than when they started. Both people leave happy. So one person brings in some money, another person brings in some services, they exchange, they leave. That's the start of a relationship because they both came with less than what they left with. Both lives improved. That's the definition of a positive transaction. And that's the beauty of a free market economy is 99% of all transactions, if not more, are exactly that. The only way it isn't is if someone misrepresents or rips you off. They say they're selling you a brick made of gold and they really sold you a brick with gold nail polish. You're not too thrilled with that purchase when you get it home, are you? There was deception involved. But if you buy exactly what you thought you were buying and you use your money to buy that item, you both win. The seller and the buyer both win. So free market is a win-win every single time. It's also the beginning of a great relationship. And once you begin to see transactions as the start of a potential lifelong relationship, it'll completely open up your eyes to what it means to buy and sell in a free market economy, which is what we're blessed to have here in the United States and many places around the world. And let me give you a very practical way of starting some of these practical lists, ideas on my list. I'm gonna talk to you about the 3AM list here in just a moment. I want you to contemplate this concept And I'm going to give you some more specific stories as well, how I've done this in my own business. But the 3 a.m. list is simply this. I want you to write down a list of names. This is a bit of a homework assignment. I want you to start writing down names that come to mind right now. And if you're young, it's going to be a shorter list than if you're older. And that's intentional. That's the way life works. It's going to be a short list when you're young. It's going to be a much longer list as you age. But how many people could you pick up the phone and call at three in the morning if you're truly stuck and truly in need of assistance. And that person would not only answer their phone, they would drop everything. They would get up out of bed. They didn't themselves. They'd drive or fly or wire money and do whatever it took to help you. How many people are on that list? How many names? I want to see the exact names. First name, last initial, that'll do, but make your list. And I'm sad for you if that list is only three or four or five or maybe even just 10 names long. Because that list represents right now, from where you're at, your potential for future success. And if you're young, it's okay to have a short list. As you get older, that list should be growing constantly. No names should drop off that list ever. The list should only grow. If you have that concept firmly embedded inside of you to build relationships to the point where that list is always growing, You're basically an unstoppable force. I don't care about what grades you got in school. I don't care if you even went to school. I don't care about how smart you are, what SAT scores you got. I don't care about how much money you have right now, how much money you'd like to have someday, where you live in the world, what color your skin is, what physical ailments you might have. None of that matters. Show me your 3 a.m. list, and if it's long, you're a safe bet. If you were a stock, I'd buy it. If you can put 50 names on that list, I'd invest in you in a heartbeat because you have the potential to do incredible things because no matter what you encounter, you have a community of people ready to step up and support you, to stand behind you no matter what life throws at you. That's the power of relationships. And I can illustrate that with a story. My business for the longest time was just me and I thought it was brilliant. I didn't have anyone I had to answer to nor did anyone have to answer to me was making money using the internet creatively, which is all great, until you get sick, or until life hands you a surprise, or until you're knocked down, knocked out, until you encounter a challenge of some sort that takes you out of the picture. And all of a sudden, all those plates you were spinning, all those balls you were juggling come crashing down around you. What then? Does everything just stop? Well, no, that's why having a team is so important and you don't realize that until you need it often. There There's many reasons why having a team is beneficial. Even if no disaster ever strikes, you'll make far more money with a team than you will on your own. You've heard the saying a thousand times. If you haven't yet, now that I've said it, you're going to hear it a thousand times the rest of your life. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, take a team. John Wooden said it. It's an old proverb from, I think, the I'm not sure, the Indian proverb possibly, but you've heard it, you'll hear it many, many times the rest of your life. So there's benefits outside of disaster preparation for having a team. But our family, just to give you an illustration, as I'm sitting in this office, it was, an, and you can find uh, episodes of my podcast where we discuss this and show pictures of it on YouTube. And we went through a lightning strike, total loss house fire. This office I'm sitting in was a pile of rubble about two years ago and we lost everything rain-soaked, water-soaked, smoke-damaged, melted, burned, our whole house, a lightning strike in the middle of the day. By the time they got the fire put out, destroyed everything, and I was out of the picture. That next year was pretty crazy. Now, we were grateful we were all safe and we escaped it, but a million decisions coming at us, and insurance and other life challenges that just kind of piled onto our family, it was more than we could handle. We relied very heavily on friends, on family, on my team to run the business. I was out of the picture for a few months in the middle of the craziness. And there were days where I just couldn't do it. I just needed a few days to rest. And that's not like me. Normally I'm a run every day. I'm hitting it every day. I'm doing the work that has to be done every day. I don't get behind on any task assigned to me or any task that I assign myself. But in the middle of that chaos and that craziness and the challenges life threw at us, if I hadn't had a team, our business would have shut down. The business that I'd worked for 15 years to build would have vanished over the course of two to three months. I'd have been starting all over. All of our customers would have been wondering, what what's going on here? I would have burned all those relationships. Transactions wouldn't have been happening. Customers would not have been getting served. Content would not have been getting created. Products would not have been shipping. But we had a team. So I was able to say, hey guys, I need to step back. And they all basically in unison said, hey, take the time you need the business grew while I was down. Here I am, the commander of the ship, going below deck for an undetermined amount of time. And when I come back, the ship is bigger, better, faster, and accomplishing more. How beautiful is that? And that didn't make me feel less needed. That made me feel more energized that I had such a position of honor to be guiding this team and this ship and this family and this community. That's what I want for you that's the power of relationships because life is going to throw curveballs at you life is going to throw you challenges it's going to try to knock you out physically mentally emotionally spiritually socially awkwardness of you know some embarrassing situation you put yourself into through some bad decision you make you don't know where it's going to come from exactly some of it you can control a lot of it you don't control you're going to wish you had a team in that moment however so that 3am list begin building it now. And to borrow another Hebrew truth, there's only three things that you need. You know, our culture has told us that being educated means that you understand a whole host of different topics. You could go on the TV show Jeopardy! and Win! In virtually any category. That's our idea as a culture of being truly highly educated. You stuff your head with a lot of facts that you can recount at a moment's notice. Well, I say that's fun and useful and somewhat entertaining, but it's not, that's not the definition of being educated. The definition of being educated from a traditional Hebrew vantage point, from a biblical vantage point, if you will, from the world's most financially successful culture, see, this ties back to money. This ties back to financial success. So even if you don't have a biblical worldview, you got to hang with me because these are time-tested truths that have worked for thousands of years. So just because I'm throwing the Bible out there, if that's not a valid book to you, that's fine. Look at the history of the culture that I'm talking about that has applied these principles. And to them, the definition of education is simply this. You have a spiritual walk, you know, where you stand with God and you've established that relationship and you're confident and comfortable with it. That's one. Two, interpersonal relationship. You have relational intelligence. You have the ability to empathize. You have the ability to ask questions great open-ended questions. You understand relationships. You understand what marriage is, what it means to be a husband, a father, a mom, a daughter, an aunt. You understand how to interact with others. You understand how to make people's lives around you better. You're not a weight that they must drag behind them. You're the one carrying others. Are you a giver or are you a taker? That's another way to say it if you asked the 50 people who know you the best, is that person a giver in general, giving life to everyone they encounter throughout the day? Or are they a taker who always needs a favor, who always needs bailed out, who always needs assistance, who's kind of dragging their heels through life, not sure what they want to do and not really serving anyone? Which are you? Those 50 people who know you best know exactly what you are. Are you honest enough with yourself to identify which you are? So that's number two, remember, This relationship is number one. Number two is your relationship with others. Are you a giver or are you a taker? Do you understand how how relationships work? That's kind of the focus of this video. And number three is a lot of the content that you're probably studying and trying to grow your business. How to grow a business is the third one. Understanding enough about numbers and business and how to serve others well enough. How to turn $5 into $20 while making customers happy. That's a skill. You can do it as an employee or you can do it as a business owner but all of us have to do it or we have to support someone who's doing it. Like my wife does. She stays home, to take care of the kids. We homeschool. She helps manage the home. You know, She has a very, you know, very important role here under the roof, supporting my ability to run a business. So you're either supporting someone who's running a business or you're running a business yourself. That's how you fulfill that third piece. That's considered a good education is understanding the importance of that third piece. So we're talking here a lot about that, Number two, how to deal with others, the importance of relationships. And let me just illustrate right now with with an example that depending on your age, you may or may not recognize the TV shows I'm about to talk about, but you'll certainly recognize the impact they've had on our culture as I explain myself. So there's a couple TV shows that were popular, 80s and 90s, maybe before your time, maybe you've seen reruns or heard your your parents talking about them. The two shows I wanna talk about it created, and I'm not gonna blame these two shows. They were entertaining. I enjoyed them. They made me laugh, but they emphasized part of our culture that I think is damaging and dangerous. The two shows are Cheers and Friends. Jump on YouTube, watch a couple episodes, watch a few minutes of a few episodes. It's gonna look cheesy. It's a little dated, I know, but they were wildly popular to anyone that's around my age or older. They were the TV shows to watch. And the premise behind Cheers was after everyone got off work every day, they couldn't wait to get to this bar where everybody hung out and that's where your friends were. Work was never really discussed. Business was never really discussed. It was all just, finally, we've escaped work. We've escaped the drudgery of work and now we can relax and drink and laugh and life is good when we're at the bar. And the whole whole show took place with pretty much one camera angle at the bar, right? And you got to know the people sitting around the bar, sitting in their same spots, interacting every day. Wildly popular show, launched many careers and and some good actors were on that show. A few flakes too, now that I'm thinking about it, (laughs) but some really good actors. And I enjoyed it, it was good. But there was another show too called Friends that I mentioned. The premise of that show, very similar. It was a younger show crowd. It was it was six of them. I'm almost certain you've heard of that show because it influenced culture and every female wanted to have a haircut like one of the girls on the Friends show. And everybody wanted to be as cool as one of the guys on the Friends show. It really had a huge impact, uh, unlike anything else that I've seen where it was just across the board popular. But in retrospect, you can ask anyone who watched every episode, and you can say, what job did any of those six people have? What business were they pouring their heart into, any of them? None of them had a job or you don't know what they earned. And you, it was talked about as a kind of a side reference. It's like, oh, that's the part of their life that they escape, that's never shown on camera. If they do show them at work, it's to make fun of their stupid boss for a two minute clip. And then they're back into the, one someone's apartment and they're having fun as friends. The best friends you can ever have are those people that you congregate with after work is finally over. Well, I'm gonna tell you, that's a lie. Flat out lie. Two funny TV shows, enjoy them. That's fine. There's nothing dangerous there. I'm not saying don't watch the shows, although they're a little cheesy now. But what I am saying is the premise behind those shows couldn't be more dangerous in influencing how you look at relationships. And let me be very blunt. The best relationships you will ever have, the strongest friendships you will ever have, are those people that you're building a business with, that you're serving customers with, serving together especially in a way that's profitable, will build something more sustainable and more lasting and the stronger relationship. Now I'm all for serving people, soup kitchen volunteer, volunteer to, you know. we've got friends who are missionaries to other countries and they build incredible relationships. I'm not demeaning that at all. But if serving together is at the heart of it, man, those relationships are the ones that will last. And what's the difference between volunteering and making a profit? Well, with making a profit, I can continue serving my customers and clients indefinitely without needing donations. To me, that's the only difference. So kudos to those people who go off and serve on a voluntary basis. I'm not demeaning that in any way. But unless someone who's serving customers for a profit is supporting the person who's serving on a volunteer basis, that person who's serving on a volunteer basis won't be volunteering very long because even volunteers got to eat right? So the money's coming from somewhere. It's coming from people who are serving profitably. You can decide which side you want to be on, but there's no lack of virtue in serving for a profit that allows you to continue serving without needing donations. It's still service. This is biblical truth. This is ancient Hebrew wisdom in play. And the best relationships, to reemphasize my point, that you will ever have are the people that you build something with, you serve others together and ideally it's profitable because you can sit back and bless others. You can create jobs. You can create opportunity. Some of the most compelling stories you've ever received are people who went from places of desperation to places of security, thanks to the relationships that our team formed and the way that we served as a team and helping them move on that path from desperation to security and, and confidence. Matter of fact, my number one partner the top partner who helps run my whole business, Brett. <clears throat> we met through a, a very strange circumstance that started our relationship off. And I'm convinced that if we'd have just kind of met randomly, like, you know, sitting at a beach and struck up a conversation, we don't have a whole lot in common. He's a surfer. I'm a basketball player. He is, his kids are 10 to 15 years younger than me. He's, he's, he's a dude in his early thirties. I'm the guy that just hit 50. Like, The odds of us becoming buddies and sharing a lot of life together were pretty slim outside of the fact that we have a passion for internet marketing. We've become the closest of friends and our families are close and we've done things together. We've built incredible business together and we couldn't be closer. We've gone through some really tough tough times together. We've had conversations where he's come in and saved the day for me and I've come in and saved the day for him. He was a guy with $400 in the bank when we met. He was one of our students. He started building a successful business. And one day he left a little comment on my blog, one of those little opportunities that can just go right past if if you're not careful. He left a comment on my blog. And this is kind of an entertaining story. I'll go ahead and share it with you now, the details. But his comment was basically, uh, hey, Jim, thanks for the course. I'm making $1,000 a day in sales now on Amazon. I really appreciate your help. Uh, Love the course, man. I'm like, oh, that's great. We've gotten a good handful of testimonials. I'm like, hey, that's cool, this Brett guy. I knew nothing about him besides his little avatar on the blog and his comment. Well, as I was sitting there considering it, another comment came in right below, popped in, boop. And someone else named Chuck. I'll never forget uh, Chuck because his comment was, hey, Brett, I don't think you're a real person. I think you're making this whole story up. I think that uh, you can't prove that you've actually built an incredible business. And if you can, I'm going to give you five thousand dollars because I think this is just a spoof. And if if you can prove this to me, I'll give you five thousand dollars. First thing I did was email Brett just to make sure it was all legit, and he sent me back a screenshot showing his numbers. It was legit. So that I sent that to Chuck. I said, "Hey Chuck, man, this is legit. How can we prove it to you? We're excited about this." And he said, "No, I, I'm not convinced this is legitimate. Uh, I think you're still making this up. Anyone can do a screenshot." So this email correspondence starts, and I still I've saved this whole email correspondence. Well, come to find out Brett and Chuck are both from the Los Angeles area. So I said, hey, Chuck, I just found out Brett's from LA. How about you two connect? He can open up his laptop, log in using his user ID, show you his account. And then the three of us can come up with a great charity and and share the $5,000 gift or grant to whatever charity that we all three agree on and and just make it a really cool story where you're the hero because you came up with the cash. And unfortunately, Chuck vanished at that point. He disappeared. But that was the start of the relationship that Brett and I have. And it's led to an eight figure business now, like I mentioned earlier in this video, a team of 100, over a hundred people combined on our, our whole team. And these are everybody who's people who edit our audio video content to people who are putting tape on boxes, to people doing product research, shipping boxes to Amazon, our whole team, events and that sort of thing. And it's just truly a pleasure. You know, he's become one of my best friends and the relationship couldn't be stronger. What an unlikely candidate for a friend for the two of us, but that's the power of business. So it's not the people that you escape from work and go hang out with that will become the best friends you'll ever have in the world. It's the people that you build something with while serving others. Those will be the best friends that you'll ever have. I've experienced it firsthand. The people that I go up and give hugs and tear up a little bit when I have to say goodbye, are the people that I've built incredible business opportunities with. We've served customers well together. We've seen lives changed together. We have more in common than liking the same draft beer on a Friday night, hanging at the bar. Those are good relationships. I'm sure many people enjoy them, but there's nothing like getting in the trenches, blood, sweat, and tears, building something, making it profitable, happy customers, cheering your name virtually in appreciation for the products and services you've produced. There's nothing like it. Nothing can replicate the depth of those relationships. The only relationships that trump that are are family, people that live under your same roof, your spouse, your kids, your family. But in some cases, you know, that extended family that you kind of roll your eyes about, man, these business relationships will be so much greater and stronger. They'll feel like family. Here's another lesson for you every challenge you're going to face. Our culture here, and it's another misnomer that our our culture has told us, that you educate yourself out of life's challenges. You learn. You hit a roadblock, you go read 15 books, you figure it out, you plow through. I say no. It's not about how much information you can stuff up here. That's not what makes you educated. I'd much rather have a long, healthy 3 a.m. list. Remember our 3 a.m. list of names? Because here's what you're going to learn. And as you age, this will be more true. It may not make a lot of sense to you right now, but trust me, the 10, 20-year-old version of you, when you're 10 or 20 years older than you are now, this will make sense to that person. Go ask someone who's 10 or 20 years older than you are right now and see if this resonates with them. And they're gonna nod their head and say, yeah, that's kind of true. I agree with that. You might not, but ask anyone who's wiser and older than you. Here's the lesson every challenge you're going to face in life, no matter what it is, the solution, it's not more information up here, the solution is a person. The solution is knowing the right person to call. You know, there's a reason that GE, when it was struggling 20 years or so ago, the massive company GE, you've heard of them, you've seen their products everywhere, struggling, going under, Losing hundreds of millions of dollars a year about to shut the doors and lay off their tens of thousands of employees and just call it quits. They needed rescued. Who'd they call in? What kind of Superman do you call in in that situation? Who can possibly come in and turn the ship around in that situation? They called in a guy named Jack Welch, paid him a massive salary to come in and save their company. And some people would look at that and go, oh, another rich executive getting paid a ton of money to sit behind a desk with a phone. What magic powers do they have that I don't have? I'll tell you exactly what magic power he had that you don't have, that I don't have. He knew a lot of the right people for pretty much any situation that company was facing. He knew the right lawyer, the right accountant, the right advisor, the right foreign contact, the right shipping expert, the right importing expert, the right guy who just retired. After facing a similar situation that they could hire as a consultant to come in and solve the problems that they were facing, he had the ability to solve problems by putting the right people into the right places. That was his magical power. It wasn't all the facts and information he had in his head. It was the contacts he had on his, what we called back then, a Rolodex. Literally like this card here, you'd have a card for all the people you knew and you'd flip the cards, you have an alphabetical order. He had a fat Rolodex. He had a fat 3AM list. That's what he had. That's what made him so valuable. If you struggle to come up with a 3 a.m. list that has five or 10 names, maybe I come up with a 3 a.m. list that has a few hundred names. Well, he had thousands of names on his 3 a.m. list. Thousands that he could reference. People who knew people that trusted him, that he had served well, that he had partnered with on projects. He was older. That's why a lot of the folks you see running these mega successful companies, well, they're on the older end. The most successful companies typically have someone who's on the other side of 50, calling the shots because they know people. They've served well. They've earned trust over time. Their 3 a.m. list is huge. That makes you very, very valuable. So yes, reading books and stuff in your head full of knowledge and information and education, yeah, very valuable. What's more valuable? Relationships by far. I'll take the guy who's got a lot of healthy relationships over the guy who can get a good standardized test score any day, any day. Makes you a safe bet. let's talk about um if you feel stuck what's your advice and i've given this advice many many times i've talked to many people who feel stuck so we're solving problems that you didn't realize we were going to solve by talking about relationships and maybe you've never thought of getting out of a rut in your business if you're bored or lacking motivation or not sure what the next step is what does that have to do with relationships has everything to do with relationships Because if you're feeling stuck or bored or uncertain about the next step, the advice I give you is the same advice I've given clients who pay me a whole lot of money, and that's this. Work on your 3 a.m. list. Pick up the phone, go to lunch with somebody, call a contact, a customer, someone else who's in the industry that you haven't connected with yet that you know you should call. Get on the phone, have a conversation. Maybe it's a customer that did business with you and loved you six months ago, but you haven't heard from them in a while. Pick up the phone send them a text message, drop them an email, contact them on social media. Say, hey, here's the two questions. These questions will serve you well. If you're writing notes, uh, hopefully you've taken down a few notes at this point, but these two questions are powerful. They'll serve you very well when you're contacting someone you haven't talked to in a while and you're looking to build a strategic relationship that benefits both ways, mutually beneficial. First question is, hey, what are you working on? How's business? How's that project we tackled together? It's been a while. How's it going? What are you working on? What work, what are you spending your time doing with your hands and with your mind and your feet, moving, doing, making things happen? What is it? Describe it to me. Hopefully they're passionate and excited about it. Maybe they've got a challenge they share with you. You ask a handful of good open-ended questions. You show that you care. Question number two, can you guess it? How can I help? How can I help you on those things that you've just described? And odds are the way you're gonna help them the most is going to reference the example I just gave you. Hey, I know someone that you should connect with. I know someone who could really help you on that project. I'm gonna connect you with my friend, Sam. He has done that 50 times in a row now successfully. You need to, you need to connect with that guy. I think you guys would really resonate and hit it off. So you're not jumping in and solving their problems. You're just connecting them. You're just showing you care. And sometimes you may be able to jump in and solve their problems, who knows? But what are you working on? How can I help? Two great questions. So jump on the phone. That will get you out of the rut you're stuck in. I promise you, you make four or five phone calls in a week when typically you wouldn't have made any and you connect with people, you're going to be energized going into that next week. You're gonna have new projects, new ideas, new things to be working on, new tasks to tackle, You're going to feel motivated because we're designed, and this is another biblical truth, we're designed to serve. So if you're selfishly plugging away so that you can have what you want on your terms and you can have the life that you want and build it the way that you've always wanted it, that's a dead end. I'm telling you right now, you can try to do it for a while. And there's a lot of people who claim to have achieved that and claim to be happy, but they're not. They're dying inside. Unless their life is about others, they're dying inside. And you know this is true. It resonates with you as I'm saying it. So if your life has become all about you and you're kind of in a rut, a rut is a very lonely place that's all about you. Make your life about others and suddenly you get new energy. We're designed to serve. We function best when we're making the lives of others better. And here's a little mini lesson for you on that point. I probably should have thrown this in a little earlier, but I'm kind of going off the top of my head on some of this. Remember when I said that you're either a pessimist or an optimist and you're million watt bulb of negativity if you're not intentionally being an optimist? Well, one of the things I probably should have pointed out at that point, and it has to do with being in a rut as well. And it has to do with getting the motivation to pick up the phone and and call somebody has to do with a lot of these things, but there's not a switch that you can flip and just suddenly be motivated and be an optimist. There's not a switch you can flip. There's days where you're just going to feel like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm not motivated. I don't, Know what the next step is. I don't know if I'm doing this right. Should I be studying more? Should I be? I don't know. How do you flip? How do you turn on that optimism, that energy? There's an internal built in switch that I believe God put inside of us that once you know it's there, man, it solves these problems virtually instantly. But until you know it's there, you may not realize the power of it. It's a one word. And it's, it's a word that our culture doesn't emphasize. You could go get an MBA at an Ivy League school and they probably wouldn't even mention this word the entire time you're there. But it's possibly the most powerful lesson I'm going to share with you in this entire video on how to put yourself into a positive state of mind, turn on that optimism, enjoy what you're doing and others start finding you someone they wanna be around, someone they wanna connect with. What is it? What's that one word? That one word is gratitude gratitude is a powerful word write it down on a card if you struggle with it write it down and stick it somewhere on your wall and every time you see it think of creatively of the things that you're thankful for things that man i can't imagine life without that i'm so thankful and in my case i thank god thank you god that i was able to take a run today thank you for my for my health thank you that I can speak. Thank you that I have a business working with incredible people. Thank you, God, for my family. you kidding me how miserable I would be without my wife, without my kids. Thank you for the home, for, for keeping us safe. Endless, endless, endless. And I actually call this a little self-audit that you can do at any time. If you think you're kind of a grateful person, here's a self-audit, here's a test. If I said, take 30 seconds and tell me 15 things that you're grateful for. If you can't do it, you're struggling with gratitude and you need to work on it. You should be able to rattle them off so fast, you should be able to put 40 things through your mind in 30 seconds, bam, 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 This grateful, grateful. And when you're grateful, that optimism switch gets flipped, that motivation switch gets flipped, people wanna be around you, you feel like you have a purpose and a mission. We're designed to serve and we're designed for optimism. And if you ignore either one of those, You're going to be miserable. You're going to feel like you're in a rut. You're going to wonder what all this is even for. That's there by design. I believe God made us to be optimistic servants. How do you turn that on? Gratitude. So that's a nice little lesson for you. Hopefully that. Okay, sorry for the little strange edit cut there. We had a little technical problem. Actually, my video froze. So I'm doing a little edit here, adding this on, picking up where I left off. And I was making the point that I believe we're designed for service and for optimism, making the lives of others around us everywhere we go. That's triggered by gratitude. Okay, so I've made that point. There's actually only one other thing that I wanted to bring up as I wrap up this session on relationships, and hopefully I've challenged you. And that's this. I I love sharing examples of how you can get to know somebody without meeting them. There's several ways that you can get to know somebody without meeting them. So you and I may never meet, but let's say I was able to see, for example, your 3 a.m. list, I know a lot about you. Or let's say I'm able to see a list of your weekly habits, your daily and weekly habits. Show me your routines, I'll show you your future. Well, the same goes with how you manage relationships. Specifically, who are the people you're closest to in your life? If you're going to just hang out with a handful of people tonight that you are the most comfortable with, who would those people be? And you've heard it said before, but it's absolutely true. It's a biblical truth and it's a life truth. that's undeniable. You are the average of the people that you hang out with. So I want you to do a little self-inspection, a little honest retrospection, And just consider, are those people, I'm not saying drop your friends, I'm not saying abandon them or cut them out of your life, but I'm saying be more strategic about who you spend time with. Who are you being mentored by? Who is it that you look up to that's challenging you to a higher place? It doesn't necessarily have to be someone that you can call up and spend an hour with anytime you need to, although that's very valuable. It may be, great leaders and educators and content creators. We live in a time where it's very easy to access the best of the best content and the worst of the worst content. Which are you characterized by? Which are you filling your mind with? Because you will become the average of the people and the content that you surround yourself with. That's where you're headed. If you want to see who you're going to be five years from now, it's the content you're filling your head with and the people you're surrounding yourself with. That's who you're going to be. So without meeting you, if that's all I knew were those two things, content you're consuming, the people you're hanging out with, that is your future. There's no escaping it. It's an undeniable truth of relationships and the value of relationships. So make sure that you are on a path that the five-year older version of you will be proud of. Set them up for success by looking at relationships the right way. Hopefully you found this powerful, encouraging, hopefully maybe even a little entertaining. And God bless you as you continue building a business and making great decisions that will take you to good places. My name again is Jim Cockrum. It was a pleasure hanging out with you today. God bless your efforts. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio.